Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. All right, well, good morning. It is so good to see you. So good to be out and, uh, and see your smiling faces. And if you're visiting with us online, it's good to be seen. And at the end of the service, uh, Joelle is going to let you know how you can better connect with us to make sure you're up to date with what we're doing. And, and we'd love for you to come on out. So, uh, But today is going to be part three. Um, and it's the last message on the topic of the mission. We've been doing this now for a few weeks, talking about who we are in Christ and, and what we have to offer, what we have to, uh, to give to people. And so in the last two messages, we, we tried to carefully lay a foundation of what our mission is. And, you know, we talked about, first off, it really depends on who we are, right? So to have a mission, you've got to know what it is that you're trying to, uh, to let people in on. So we talked a lot about who we are in Christ. We talked about that it's so important that we have a relationship with God right. and not a relationship to God, that we begin living our lives in rhythm with God and not in opposition to God. Nobody wants to be in opposition to God. So we talked a lot about what it was like, what it would look like to have a life that, that kind of ebbs and flows, right? So which life does anyway? We're always up and down. But to have those up and downs more with, with God, with us. So that's very, very important. Uh, and then we talked about being a great example, that in this life with God, we're ever mindful of our example yes. to the people that we're trying to reach out to, right. that they can see in us a very genuine and a very sincere and a very authentic yeah. walk with Christ that will inspire them to take a closer look at their own lives. Right. And, and honestly, that right there is where most of the battle lies. Right. It's you having yourself right with God, that you're, you're with God, not to God, but with God for all the right reasons that we talked about a few weeks ago. And then people can see that, right? So, right. so that's a lot of the battle right there. And much of the progress is made right there yeah. when we're trying to impact a lost world. That's right. But that's not mission accomplished. Right. There's a little more to do. There's another vitally important step to the mission. And that's what I want to talk about with you guys today. And it's so very much dependent on the other two. On who you are and what you exemplify. And it's what you say. Today we're going to talk about what you say. It's, it's how you relay the word of God to other people. It's what you share. Now why is that important? I mean, why not simply just live your life with God in Christ, be a great example of that, and, and, and hope everybody sees it and wants to do the same thing? Why can't we just leave it there? Well, is that how it was done for you? Probably not. Right. See, more than likely, if you're part of this church, that somebody not only demonstrated for you what a life with God should look like, but they also sat down and said, let's take a look at the Word of God. Right, yeah. Let's open the Bible. Let me, let me help you yeah. see why I am the way I am. What I've learned. Right. What God has taught me through the Word. Yes. 
How I've been able to see Jesus come alive through the scriptures. Why don't we take a look at that? Somebody did that with you, and my guess is you're very grateful that they did it. They shared the word of God with you, the gospel message. And that really is what we're called to do. Yes, live the right life. Yes, be a great example of that. But also, help people understand some of the big things that they might very well be, be missing. That's right. Now, you might remember this verse from the message a couple of weeks ago. This is Romans 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Now remember that we talked a lot about the way God works. That God is drawing people out. That there are people in life right now, millions of people, billions of people, that are going through the very same things in life that you're going through. The same struggles and trials and challenges. And and God knows exactly where everybody is at. And so God is looking at all the hearts in some miraculous way. God can do that all simultaneously. I don't know how he does it. I can barely look at my own heart, let alone everybody else's. But God sees everybody's heart, and he sees where they're at. He sees what's triggering them. And he sees what's beginning to to well up and and kind of fester. And like, this person needs more. And God begins to draw that person out. And God is looking for those people. And so God sees everything. God is drawing to himself those who are searching. But oftentimes, the people in search mode really don't know what they're looking for. Right. Right? They really don't know what they're searching for. All they know is, I want something different than what I have right now. That was me. That was me uh, in beginning of, well, really for a lot of my life, but certainly going into like 1985, I was very much in a search mode. I didn't know what for, but I knew the life I had at that time was not the life I want. I knew there had to be more. I had no clue as to what more was. So I was searching. And this is where when we're in search mode, when people out there are in search mode, this is where the partnership that we have with God really comes into play. Because yes. yes, theoretically, you know, people could just see it in your example, they could just see it in your life, but God works with us to say, okay, be the great example, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect you, I'm going to ask you to go out and, and help those people yes. that I'm drawing out, yes. those ones that are in search mode. That's right. That's what we're called to do. Yes. So, you look at the scripture like we just looked at. How can they call out? So how can people be calling out, looking for more, knowing it's not a waste of time, and that there are answers on the other end of the call? How can they know that if they don't believe? How would they possibly know what we know if they don't believe? And how can they really believe if the the voice of God isn't clear and distinct to them? How would they know this is the voice of God? How would they know this is the answer I'm looking for? How would they know that this is the salvation that I so desperately want? How would they know this is the life that I so much yearn for? If they didn't really believe. If they didn't hear that voice of God. And how can they even hear that distinct, clear 
voice of God if it's not brought to them in a way that makes sense. And if a disciple of Jesus, walking with Jesus, and in a life with God, doesn't bring it, then who will? Who will? It's us. We are the feet. Connected to the mouth. With the heart somewhere in the middle. That moves the feet. And engages the mouth. With the message of God. That's who we are. Now Peter tells us here in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15. Always be prepared. To give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Right? right? And so Peter's saying, man, you should always have a message on your heart. Yes. You should always be able to let people know why it is you, you believe what you believe in and, and why you are who you are. Right. And be able to sit down with them and say, let me show you from the word of God why this all works. Another scripture, Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So yes, your life is important. Your example is, is extremely important. But your doctrine is important. Your life is who you are. Your doctrine is what you believe that motivates and fuels that life. And so they all have to work together very closely. They're not mutually exclusive. They very much have an interdependence. The life's got to be there. The doctrine's got to be there. They work together. We reach out. We're the feet. We're the mouth. It all begins to come together. Again, that's the partnership that we have with God. That's what God is calling us to do. Now, the Apostle Paul gives us a really great example of what the sharing of the gospel looks like. Mm. And so I want to share that with you right now. Look at me over at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and uh, we're going to get there in just a moment. Now, I typically don't do these kind of messages that I'm about to do right now, but I'm going to do it today because I think it might give you the clearest idea of what I'm talking about with this. And so, so here it goes. I'm going to give you six quick things to consider in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people. That gospel Amen. message. Are these the only six? No. Could there be a hundred? Yes. Maybe one of down to three? Possibly. But I'm going to give you six things that I think, as I look at the life of Paul and what he did the church with the church there in Thessalonica, that I think were, were really, really important and very pivotal to the incredible success that he had there with that church. So, you ready for it? Here we go. Six things to consider. Number one, be intentional with your message. You've got to be intentional with your message. So we're in chapter two of 1 Thessalonians. And uh, look at what he says right out of the gate. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. Think about that. He says, when we went there, things got done. We accomplished something. It wasn't for naught. It wasn't a waste of time. It was not without results. Why is that? Because I believe Paul went there expecting results. We're not going to go there and walk around aimlessly. We're not going 
not going to go there and just sit around on our hands and do nothing. We are going to Thessalonica with a message yes. and with a mission along with that message. Yes. He was expecting results. He was on a mission. Results in anything come because you intentionally set out yes. to do something. Isn't that true? Yes. And then when you look at your life, look at what you accomplished. Look at what you're doing now. Perhaps look at what you've done in the past. When you can look back and say, oh, that worked out really well. That worked out great. You know, that, that plan came together very nicely. It's because you intentionally set out to accomplish something. And we right. see this in life. You see this with your career, you know, with, with business. We see it with sports. We see it with music. We see it with pretty much anything, education, academia. No matter what it is, when the results are there and the results are good and positive, it was because there was an intentionality That's right. behind it. That's right. Very few things in this life just fall in your lap. That's right. Right? And you know that. And the, the more time you spend on planet Earth, the more you realize, yeah, yeah things don't just happen. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to actually do something, be intentional That's for right. things to happen. Yeah. And so Paul knew why he was going there. And he knew what he would do yes. when he gets there. If you go one chapter prior, in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 4, we read this. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. And I think Paul is trying to say, look, when we went there, we, we, had, a, we had a plan. And you saw the way we lived. You knew why we were there. You knew what we were trying to do. Yep. And he says here, the power of God was fueling him. The Holy Spirit was guiding him. And the deep convictions, they were grounding him. Yes. And all of this was very focused and very intentional. And so when you're going about your day with whatever it is you're doing, whoever you're in touch with, whatever stops you might make, whatever people you're getting with, be very intentional with your day. Yes. What is God setting me up for? Where is God leading me? What windows, what doors are God opening up? Who has God put me with? How is this going to work out? You know, and it can be the simplest little thing. And you know, I went bike riding the other day with Steve DeFilippo, and we're, I'm, I'm sitting there with the, the parking ride that we meet. And Steve, in usual Steve fashion, was running late. That's okay. He didn't know. He didn't on time. He's online. By the way, if you're flying and, and Steve's going to be the pilot, don't, don't rush together. <laughs> but I go, so I go to the, the, the parking ride, where I'm, where I'm, and so I'm there, and Steve says, hey, I'm running late. I've got you know, something with my bike issue. So, okay, so I pull in, and there's this guy loading a bike on his car, and he looks about my age to make a very long rather boring story short. We, we began to talk, he's my age, he's been riding for a while, I said, who do you go riding with? And he said, well, nobody, I usually go by myself. So I said, oh, well, would, would you like to, to, you know, to go riding? He said, I would love that, we exchange numbers, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm like, it's great to have somebody else to go riding with, but that's not why I'm gonna go riding with this guy. And this isn't the story that's unique to me. You all have these stories. It's like God puts you in a certain place at a certain time, in a certain setting, 
so that you can be intentional yes. with how you're going to follow through with that. And I tend to be very intentional Amen. with how I follow through with this. So just ask yourself, what is God setting me up for? Yes. Be intentional with your Amen. message. The second thing is to be bold with your message. And boldness is very important. Look at verse 2. We have previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. Now, if there's anybody that knew the meaning of opposition, it was the Apostle Paul. Right. I mean, it seems like at every turn, there was somebody in his face. At every turn, he was being persecuted. It never really fazed him, and it never ever shut him down. But he knew opposition. And he mentions his experiences in Philippi. And my guess is, because he came right from Philippi into Thessalonica, my guess is that the sores and the scabs on his back from the beating he received in Philippi were still fresh. And he was walking in to essentially the same scenario. Like exactly what he was doing in Philippi was what he was now going to be doing in Thessalonica. And what is that? It's preaching the word. Right. It's like, okay, well, it didn't go well there. So, you know, as I'm coming into Thessalonica now, man, I better dial it back some. I better be a bit more careful, a bit more discreet with this. Maybe we'll just be clandestine for a while. Maybe we'll just, you know, kind of codify this and, you know, make it like a little less known. No, that's not the sense I get at all. No. That he marched into Thessalonica with a boldness, yes. maybe fueled by what was going on there in Philippi, but with a boldness that, that was not going to be shut down. Amen. He preached that message without fear knowing that he might face the same treatment. But so be it, you know, I'm a disciple, that's what I'm here for. The opposition that we face, at least in this country, is relatively weak. Amen. Certainly compared to what they were facing back in the first century, and, and even, even today, a lot weaker than what our brothers and sisters face in other parts of the world. That's right, yes. And so we have a little bit of mild discomfort. Maybe a little bit of side comments or, or yeah. snickers or the office person labeling you with something. That's, for, for the most part, I'm not saying this is like 100%, but let's be honest. For the most yeah. part, yes. that's about as bad as yes. it gets. Okay? Now, somebody might come up to me later and say, well, let me tell you about my story. Okay, I, I get that we have exceptions. But I think if we're honest, by and large... That's about as bad as it gets. And the persecution that we endure is generally pretty trivial. But so often it can be enough to just shut us down. Look, who likes to be uncomfortable? Right? Who likes to be snickered at? Who likes to be made fun of? Who likes to be talked about behind their back? I mean, nobody wants these things. But this kind of goes part and parcel with being a disciple. Because we are so counterculture. Yes. Not only to the way the world lives, but even to the way most of the religious world lives, right. and even greater Christendom. Right. We are pretty counterculture. Right. Yes. And sometimes that creates a lot of fear. Like, oh man, like, you know, there's got to be an easier way to do this, but oftentimes the easier way yeah. is not very effective. That's right. And so 
you got to be bolder with your Amen. message. Don't yes. let it shut you down. Yes. Remember that you've got something yes. that has changed your life. Yes. And if you really truly believe that what I have has dramatically changed my life, right. then don't be timid in sharing it. That's right. Be bold in sharing it. Remember that God is with you. Yeah, you look at what Paul says back here in, in chapter 1. You know, the Holy Spirit, deep conviction and power. That's what fueled him. That's what carried him. It wasn't like I'm going on myself. He said, man, I've got the power of God with me. I'm going to be okay with this. Yes. And he was bold with the message. Amen. So remember, God is with you. Yes. Yes. Share the gospel yes. boldly. Yes. You'll be okay. Yes. Trust me, you'll, you'll be okay. Yes. Be bold Amen. with your message. The next thing is to be sincere with your message. Look at verse 3. For the appeal we made does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God. We test our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you, or anyone else. Amen. I mean, he just lays it out there. Be sincere with your message. So I have a question for you. Why do you share the gospel? Now, this is a rhetorical question. I don't need to raise your hands. I just want you to, I want you to think for a moment. Why do you share the gospel? Now, you've got to be really honest with yourself. I'm not going to quiz you later. I'm not going to pull you inside. I want to know your answer specifically. But I want you to reflect for a moment on your own day-to-day -day life as a disciple. Why do you share the gospel? Why share the gospel with anybody? What is your true motive in sharing the gospel? Is it to impress somebody? Is it to look good? I have a visitor with me in church today. Is it to be able to, to, to say that, maybe a story to tell? Is it for prestige or honor or recognition? To maybe appease your own guilty conscience? Or do you share the gospel for no other reason than a love for people and a desire to see them saved. Amen. Whether anybody recognizes, sees, right. who cares? That's right. See, the effectiveness of your message, the effectiveness of your message will be influenced a lot by the sincerity of your message. Yes. And sincere, it is inside this has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.